0: Got your Bible or cc.guide, go to Luke chapter 8 is where we're going to be. I want to be honest with you, uh, man, the Holy Spirit moved in such a powerful way in first service. Like I'd rather just keep and stay in first service forever. <laughs> and it's, it's hard to repeat that. Some of you were in first service and you came back for second service because we did set aside this Sunday just to create space um, for God to move in our lives. Because there are times where you need to hear messages, there are times sermons are great things, but there's also times where you just need to experience the presence of God, and you just need a breakthrough in your life. And so my message this morning is going to be short, and we're going to have a time uh, of prayer. Uh, I'm actually just going to quickly, briefly preach on one of my favorite stories in the Bible, a story of incredible faith from Luke chapter 8. If I've learned anything about faith, it's that faith is really easy to talk about and really hard to practice. Like if you grew up in the church and you read the stories of Abraham, the great man of faith, and you're like, yeah, that's awesome because it seemed easy for Abraham. It wasn't. He, when God called him to move and take up his stuff and go where God would show him later, I mean, faith is difficult. It's uncomfortable. It's counterintuitive. It, it's risky. And some of you know this about me. I, I'm not a risk taker. I would love to be a risk taker. I would love to be like an adrenaline junkie. Like I like doing certain things. I've just never been a risk taker. I was the little kid growing up that we would go to those places where you do like rebel, repelling climbing walls and all the other kids were like, yeah, strap me up. Let's go. I would like look at the guy like you ever strapped anybody in before you've done this before. Like, is this secure? Is this safe? I mean, I was like eight. I was just really cautious and analytical about things. And I'm kind of still that way. And so some of you in, in here that like you like to live life right on the edge, like we have a hard time being friends. Like you, you go as long as you can driving on empty. You're like, oh, can the gaslight, can I go all the way to E? I don't know. Let's find out. You know, I'm like, why? Why would you want to find out? You know, some of you, and this really gets me, you show up about five minutes before your plane takes off, right? You're like those pre- people running on the plane. Anybody like that? Come on now. Some of you are pointing to your spouse. I see you back there. I only have one older sibling and she's the opposite of me. And you can imagine in our home, like growing up together, like if we had to be somewhere at 10 a.m., she's like, oh, we'll leave at 9.58. And I'm like, no, that's not how that works. I, like you have no margin in your life. Some of you who like to shop on Christmas Eve, any of those people, you're like, well, I might as well start this. It's the 23rd. We might as well, you know, see what." The, no, why? Like, I don't get you. I don't get why you, why you choose to do that. But how do we know this? There's a part of living by faith that does require risk. There's a part of it, even if you like to play it safe or you're analytical, there's a part of faith that just, it is counterintuitive, it's, it's stepping off the ledge, it's trusting God. Uh, I grew up going to lakes, uh, different lakes around Oklahoma with my friends and we would always like to jump off the cliffs and so my good friends that lived on Lake Tenkiller and there's some really big cliffs to jump off of if you've ever been there. And, and how many know when you're in the boat watching other people do it, you're like, oh yeah, let's go do that. Have you ever stood up there from like 40, 50 feet, looked down? It's a little different, isn't it? And then you start to get this in your head. And the more that you stand up there and don't jump, you're like, am I really going to do it? But all the people down below are just watching you. And so you're like, eventually, what do you got to do? You just jump, right? You just got to go for it eventually and jump off the ledge. If you're taking notes and following along, there is a precedent in the life of Jesus of the miraculous and the supernatural following a bold step of faith. We could go to so many scriptures in the gospels where a blind man in Jericho cries out to Jesus and people are like, stop talking, stop yelling. And Jesus, like, he responds because of the man's boldness. Matthew chapter 9, two blind men again there that are crying out to Jesus and Jesus stops. And in Luke chapter 8, we get Jairus, this synagogue leader, falls down before Jesus and he's a synagogue leader. He's, at this time, we're not even sure he's a disciple or a follower of Jesus, but his 12-year-old daughter is about to die. And how many know whenever your kid needs something, you get bold all of a sudden? I've seen parents who are like the most shy, timid, but when their kid needs something, it's like they change, right? And Jairus falls at the, at the feet of Jesus. Would you please come to my house? And so Jesus is actually on the way to his house to heal his daughter who is dying when this story in Luke chapter eight happens. And the, the things that we always get, the ingredients for God to move seems to be like desperation and boldness and some sort of mixture of it. Luke chapter eight, verse 42. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman who had been there who, there, who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Jesus is gaining in popularity. He's done the miracles. People are crowding around him. The disciples now become concert security, trying to keep people back away from Jesus as as the crowds want to rush in and, and see him and get a selfie with Jesus, as I like to say. And here's a woman, it says she's been subject to bleeding for 12 years. 12 years is a long time, but no one could heal her. This is not like people prayed over me, maybe other people had prayed, like no one could heal her. This is like, I've been to every doctor, I've been to every specialist, anything people told me to do, I did, and yet nothing helped. I mean, when you've been suffering for 12 years, you're going to get a little bit desperate. Now I want to be honest with you, whenever you've had good health in your life, it's hard to understand people who have chronic illness. And I don't, I don't have that, but some of you know my story. Several years ago when I got my parasite, it destroyed my large intestine, my thyroid. I, I went through two years of being sick every day, broke me down mentally, physically, emotionally. I, I was in such a dark place. Many of you didn't know that we were running three services from here at that time. I would medicate myself every morning because I would be so dizzy getting up here for two years preaching. I was so bad. And my intestinal system has never been the same then. It may be something God chooses to heal me. I pray that he does. They were praying for me this morning. Maybe God will uh, heal me. Maybe it's something that his grace will be sufficient for me. But how many know I read this passage differently after going through that? There's just a different perspective. There's a like, uh, mine wasn't 12 years. and, And other people have suffered way more than I have. But it's just different when you realize, man, when you go through that time and time again, how dark it gets how difficult it is. I want to live by faith, but when when you wrestle with something every day like that, it's hard just to get back up, and can I trust God for this again? This woman's tired. She's desperate. There's a feeling of helplessness. You know what else gets me about this story is if you're in a Jewish culture, there was something about if women were menstruating, if they're on their period, you are ceremonially unclean. Right? You had to go through a process or a ritual and a time of becoming ceremonially clean. If your problem is that you're continually bleeding, you're always unclean. Like you're not allowed to worship with other people. So not only are you physically struggling, but now you're like a, a social outcast on top of it. Just to add insult to injury, she had to, the, the embarrassment of always being ceremonially unclean as a Jewish woman. Desperate. And yet somehow in the midst of all of this, she musters every bit of strength she has to fight through the crowd. And let's not make this today more complicated than it really is. In Luke chapter eight, a desperate situation and a bold act of faith collide with Jesus. It's not really complex, but that's, it is what it is, isn't it? A desperate situation and a bold act of faith, they collide with Jesus. Some of you know it is hard to pray when you've prayed for something once, twice, five times, and it hasn't happened. It's hard to pray again. In fact, what some people do is I'm just not going to pray for it to end because I don't want to get my expectations and hope up and then be disappointed. So guess what? It's easier just not to pray. You ever been there? I have. When you face disappointment, when I can't seem to overcome this addiction, I'll overcome it for a little while, but then I fall back into it. And so maybe just, it just is what it is. I've gone to that doctor, I went to that specialist, we finally got into the clinic, and guess what? I thought that was gonna be it, and it didn't. I tried to reconcile that relationship, and it went right for a short season, and then went right back to where it was, and it seems just to be a cycle that I'm, I'm stuck in. I've fought my mental health over and over again, the trauma, the depression, the anxiety, the darkness. I've asked God to lift it on numerous occasions. I always think this about this woman. She could have stepped back from the crowd, thought to herself, I've already tried, and watched Jesus pass by with his entourage and people crowding in, but she didn't. She didn't. She mustered everything she had one more time. Some of you, you you traveled several years ago, we traveled to Israel. Every once in a while, we'll take Israel trips here together. It's my favorite trip on the planet. I could go to that place every time and love it. We were in Magdala, right on the Sea of Galilee. And some of you, we went down to this encounter chapel down below. And there was a huge mural painting of this scene in the Bible on the wall. And it was just such a powerful time. We had a devotional down there, man, the presence of God moved. And it was a mural of just this hand. Like you think about when you can't get to somebody, what do you do? You go to the ground on your knees and you begin to fight through to see, like maybe if I get through everybody's legs, I could somehow touch Jesus. And it was such a powerful image that I've never been able to get out of my mind. Every time that I study and I read this passage, like do we have the boldness to fight through the crowd? to get to Jesus. I also know this, there is a mystery around how and when God chooses to move. It's a mystery. Guess what? People don't like mysteries, in in real life. You may like the novels and the movies and stuff like but you wanna know, don't you? So what we do when it comes to the supernatural and the miraculous is that when we don't know and we can't figure it out, we make it up. Or we develop formulas. Trust me, I grew up around this my whole life. We we develop formulas, and that's what I love about City Church. Some of you come from a Pentecostal charismatic movement background. Some of you traditional or or Catholic or Baptist, Methodist, all these things. Some of you like, I didn't grow up in church at all. Great. But sometimes there's this tendency when we can't figure out the unknowable, we develop formulas and strategies, and we say A plus B always equals C. So if you want to see God move and do the miraculous, do A and B, and then God will do C. Well, that's Great. Until you've done A and you've done B and you don't get C. See, this is when it goes all wrong. And I've seen this a million times in my life. I have so many friends that walked away from their faith because what's wrong with me? Do I not have enough faith? Because I've prayed the prayer, but God healed them, but I didn't get healed. You ever been there? It's because there's a mystery about it. We're living in this tension of already, not yet, which means God's kingdom has come, but not in its fullness. That means all of our bodies right now are in the process of decaying and dying, right? But yet God breaks through into this current reality with his kingdom and still does the supernatural, still does the miraculous, still heals and delivers and set free. We just don't always know why. We see precedents in scriptures of faith, but but he also says your faith can be as small as a mustard seed. So it honestly doesn't require very much, does it? for God to move. And yet there's this mystery behind it. And yet, you know what else you get in scripture? Every time that that Jesus commands us in the gospels, ask for whatever you want in your father's name. Your father is so good. Your father wants us, his children, to come to him and ask, and he'll give us whatever we ask for. There's no qualifiers that God gives us on those statements. He says, ask, ask. That's what I've felt the Holy Spirit speaking to me. Why are the the people of God not receiving? Because they don't ask. Why why are you not seeing miracles? You're not not bold enough to ask and to step out. I want to give you good gifts. I want to fill you with the Holy Spirit. I want to overflow in your life. I want to do the miraculous, but guess what you have to ask? And sometimes you have to ask again. And sometimes you have to ask again and again and again. That's what Jesus teaches us in Luke 18. There's a really weird story that Jesus teaches about an unjust judge and a widow. It says that the judge is not a good person, doesn't really care about people. And the widow comes every day to this judge and says, Grant me judgment, judge judge against my adversary. Will Will you work on my behalf? And the judge says, No, go away. No, go away. But she comes back every day. Finally, he gets so sick of her, He's like, I'm gonna grant you a request, not because I'm good or care about you, I'm just sick of you coming every day. And then Jesus uses that, how much more does your heavenly Father who's not unjust, but good and loves you, wanna grant your requests? Literally the question is asked, will he find faith on earth? That's the question of the end of that story. Will he find faith? Will you have enough faith to believe? Right? Will you have enough faith to believe? There's a mystery behind this. Some of you don't know this about me. It's not really something I lead with all the time. For two years of my life, I was responsible for altar ministry at the University of Oral Roberts right here, right? So I was a student there. I was responsible for making sure whenever people were slain in the spirit, they didn't hit the ground. Nobody wants a lawsuit. It's real to life. Anybody know what a modesty cloth is? Come on now, some of you just had PTSD. Some of you have no idea what a Monte Cla- that's fine. It's like when somebody hits the ground, you gotta make sure they're covered up. Like I would train all the chaplains. Nobody's gonna hit the ground on our watch. Like you, you catch them, you set them down, you go to the next one, this is how you catch, this is how you do it in the right way, right? You gotta make sure your hand placement is in the right spot. I'm, all those things, it's real life. I grew up fourth generation Pentecostal. I, I know I like, I'm almost, I'm coming up on 40 years old, but as a Pentecostal, I've lived 14 lives. I've seen it all. I've witnessed things and I'm like, that's crazy. Good and bad. I've watched people manipulate the gifts of the Spirit. People want to see a move of the Spirit so bad they would fake it. And then I've been there for God to do genuine miracles where I'm just like, that just happened. You can't unsee a miracle. Like you can't go back. Some, some people in the room, there's a whole denominations out there that are like the gifts of the spirit and art for today. That's just a cop out to say, I really don't want to deal with that because it is happening here all over the world. You can't unsee it. And so I would watch documented going to the doctor miracles. I've seen them. I've seen God do it in our church. It's like, God. And I would even ask myself and I would be around spiritual leaders and be like, let me tell you why God did this. And I'm like, you don't really know. You really don't because scripture doesn't always tell us exactly why. It gives us precedence. It gives us some principles that we can build on, but we don't know when and how God moves. But here's what we do know. As we hunger and thirst for more of God, and we genuinely wanna move the spirit, God shows up. That's what I do know. When we ask, God wants to give good gifts to his children. And sometimes we're not experiencing it because we don't ask, we don't create the space for it. We're scared of it and guess what? You don't have to be scared of it. It doesn't have to be spooky, it doesn't have to be weird. But here's the reality of you and I. I got this image this week as I was praying for Sunday, I don't know why, this image just kept coming through my head of the people of God and we are journeying through life and it's like we're walking through the desert and every once in a while we stop and just for a little sip of water. And yet we're so thirsty. And God's saying to us, I don't want to give you just a little sip of water. Like I want to drench you in my presence. Like I want to overflow in your life. But where is the space for me to do that? Like the Holy Spirit doesn't just rush in when you don't want him. Like to create the space to, here's an old word that we used to use growing up, to tarry. You know what tarry is? It's to wait on the Lord. Will you tarry a moment with me? We're not a generation that tarries, we're a generation that has somewhere to go. We have somewhere to be. What if we waited on the Lord? What if we waited on him? God, what do you wanna do? The woman fights through the crowd, barely touches his cloak. Who touched me? I love this if response. You're, if you're a disciple walking with Jesus, you're like, everybody? I don't know, what's the answer to that, that question? Jesus, there's everybody's here could have been anybody. No, somebody touched me. Some people are here just because they want to see me. I'm like a celebrity. Somebody just touched me out of their desperation. That's what I want to know. And the woman comes forth. She tells her story. Says your faith has healed you. She wasn't healed in the moment that Jesus said that. She was healed in the moment that she reached out in desperation and touched the hem of his garment. I love that. Jesus turns to her daughter, a term of endearment. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Your boldness, your fight. You could have sat back there and you could have watched this parade go by you, but you didn't. You said one more time, like I'm gonna fight through a crowd one more time. I'm gonna pray one more prayer. I'm gonna try one more time for whatever breakthrough that you need. Would you stand to your feet with me across this room? I don't know everything about this, but two things I believe are prerequisites are needed for a genuine encounter with God is this, just a hunger for more of God. Do we have a hunger for more of God in our life? A passion to experience him and a boldness to step out and ask. You have the boldness just to ask. Here's what we're gonna do in just a minute. We're gonna open up this space in the front for anybody who needs to come, to come up today. You need a breakthrough in your life. I don't know what kind of breakthrough you need. Let me tell you, it does not matter what someone else thinks about you in this room. Don't miss your moment after what, because of what someone may think. I can't list all the breakthroughs that you may need today. I do know that God healed people this morning and broke through in people's hearts and, man, it was a powerful time. I wanna go after God this morning. Maybe you need a physical breakthrough in your life. You know what scripture says in James five says, Men, are any of you sick? Called on the elders, the leaders of the church. I have my anointing oil right here. We anointed people with oil this morning who have chronic illness, cancer. You've been suffering. You're going through something, whether it's big or small. God may wanna heal you this morning. I'm gonna ask him to. If you'll be willing to step out in faith, I'll step out in faith with you and we will anoint you with oil. Maybe it's mental health, depression, anxiety, a darkness that you just can't quite, you don't even know exactly what it is. Maybe it's trauma from your your past. Maybe you need a breakthrough from addiction. You are stuck in a cycle and you feel powerless and you feel like I can't get out of it. Guess what that is, that is a stronghold in your life. A stronghold is, is a place where the enemy has you bound up and you're like, I, I can't do this myself. You're right, you can't do it. But God is here to break you free from that. The footholds and the strongholds that he, the enemy may have over your way of thinking, over addiction, over your body. Maybe you need a breakthrough for someone else in your life, a child, a spouse, a marriage, a friend. Some of you are in this category, I'm in this category. You just need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. Like you feel like you are walking through the desert and you are empty and you're like, God, would you just fill me to overflowing? It's been so long since I experienced your presence. Anybody been there? Let me tell you one moment in God's presence will change everything. The peace the joy that God gives in his presence, maybe gifts of the spirit that he wants to pour out of you on you today, more of his power. So in just a minute, if that's you, if you need a breakthrough, we're going to open up this place. You can come, you stand, kneel. We're going to end and we're going to sing some worship together. As you come forward in a minute, some of our elders and our staff are going to come around you and pray for you. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. You don't have to. I'm gonna gonna encourage you to tell that person who's praying for you what specifically you're praying for. They're not gonna tell anybody else, that's confidential between you and them, but they wanna contend for you. Let them contend for you. This is not a moment where we're gonna pray for two minutes and then we're gonna move on to the next and we're gonna sit in this moment and we're gonna contend. If you're not coming forward, man, make it an altar right where you're at. Go after God, go after God, go after God. Pray for breakthrough for those people today that are believing God for something. Would you do that? Man, let's go after God right where we're at. Father, we are hungry and thirsty for you. God, we need your presence. God, we cannot live without it. God, we are like people journeying through the desert and we are just so thirsty. God, would you come and fill us to overflowing? God, you have told us just ask, just ask. I'm a good father. I want to give you good gifts. So that's what we do this morning. We posture our hearts to ask. God, we are praying for breakthrough, for the things that we can't do, the things in our body, the things that have happened to us, the things that we're struggling with. God, we need the power of God to break through our hearts today. God, we go after you right now. If you're in the room, I'm gonna ask you to go after God right now. Maybe past your place of comfort. Get out of your comfort zone a little bit. It's okay go after God where you're at. God, we hunger, we thirst for you. We need you. We need to experience you, Holy Spirit. We need to experience you. Man, as we do this time of prayer, if you need a breakthrough in your life, I'm just gonna invite you right now to step out from where you're at, come to this front, make this your altar. Begin to go after God. You need healing in your mind, your body. For someone else, you need a breakthrough. You need more of God in your life. Don't care what anybody else thinks or says about it. You just need more of God today. Father, we need you right now. God, we need to experience your presence. That's all there is to it. God, we can't make it without you. Father, so we ask right now. We ask right now. God, we ask right now, God, would you pour out your spirit? Would you pour out your spirit, Father? God, we need you. God, for those who are dealing with illness and disease right now, God, you see their heartache, you see their pain, you see their daily battle, would you touch them right now, God? Heal them. Touch them, Father. Father, those dealing with mental illness right now, God. God, take it away. Touch their mind, touch their heart, Father, their emotions, Lord. God, touch them, Father, heal them, set them free. If you come up here, I just want you to go after God right now with all that you have, all that you have. Give him everything that you have. There, there's moments to be silent and there's moments where we, we, we dive in and we go after God. This has gotta be a moment where we, we pursue him. God, we want everything that you have. Let's take this moment just to go after God right where you're at. I'm going to encourage you right now. Keep pressing in. Don't become weary in this moment. Man, if you're in the stands, God is doing something huge right here. Would you continue to pray for breakthrough right now? God, would you move? God, we pray, Father, for fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit on the hearts and lives of people. God, people being right now, God, you are breaking people free from past hurts and trauma that has come to define them, but no longer it will define them. No longer will that be their identity. They won't live in that incident, that that place of pain. God, I pray right now that you would break those people free from that, right now, in the name of Jesus, Father. God, as we get a revelation of how much you have loved us and forgiven us of what you had to do on the cross, God, would it be like freedom for those, God, who have walked through their own pain and trauma and hurt and bitterness I pray for that right now, God. God, I pray for darkness, darkness that has been over people, almost like a fog, a darkness that has set upon them. Their mental health, their mind would be lifted right now in the name of Jesus, no more darkness, no more anxiety. The anxiety would leave. That that kind of pit in their stomach would be gone. Right now in the name of Jesus, God, we pray for healing. God, we pray for healing. God, in, in, in somebody's nerves and their nerve damage, God, in their body literally living with that pain, God, right now the God, that you would heal them right now in the name of Jesus, God, we pray we believe, God, that you can do the impossible God, it's not because of us, we get out of the way for the Holy Spirit to move right now yes, Father God, would you move God, would you pour out your spirit upon your people? God, as we ask more, more of you, Father, more of you right now, God. God, for the person asking, does God really love me? Will he do it for me? God, would you overwhelm them right now with your presence, your love? Would you break through the hardness of their hearts and every doubt that they have? Break through it. God, that you would almost just wrap your arms around somebody and you would draw them in close right now and say, man, I have always been with you. I have never left you. I've never forsaken you. I have been pursuing you every moment of your life. You can trust me. You can trust me. I'm good, I'm for you. I won't hurt you like other people have. I won't betray you. I'll love you perfectly, fully, wholly. I'm not gonna abandon you. I'll be with you every moment. I've been with you every moment. Father, would you break through hearts today? God, would you pour out your spirit, Lord? God, we need you. We need you, Father. We need you, Father. God, where life and bitterness has built up walls, God, would you chip away at the hardness around our hearts? Maybe we've believed lies of the enemy. God, tear them down right now so that your love can get through, so that your spirit can get through the walls that have been built up right now. God, come, let them come down. God, we tear them down in the name of Jesus. Bitterness, cynicism, resentment, Father, would fall right now in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for that, Lord. Thank you, Father. I want to pray for people right now with some sort of joint pain in your body. You've tried all the things. You've done all the things. You're like this woman, and no one can do anything about it. And right now, you want to heal somebody, chronic joint pain in their life. Said, maybe this is just what I have to live with. This is the way it's going to be. God, would you break through? Would you touch somebody today, right now, in the name of Jesus? We pray. God, we thank you, Lord. City Church press in a little bit more don't become weary right now man press in a little bit more as we wait upon the Lord as we wait upon the Lord as we wait upon him come on right now keep going after him he's not done he wants to do more right now he wants to fill you to overflowing he doesn't want to just give you a drink he wants to fill you overflowing overflow today God in our hearts God, we just need, we need to meet with you. God, we're dry, we're weary. God, we just, we're so thirsty, God. That we can't do it without you. We can't, we don't want to. We can't do it, Father. Right now, Holy Spirit, God, would you move in the hearts? Yeah. Yeah. God, overflow in us. We need you, we need you, we need you, we need you, Father. We need you, we need you. Our first service i couldn't get over just darkness that was lifting off of people i really just have sensed in this time even up here today that god is wanting to break through hard the hardness that's been built up around you or other people in your life with his love breakthrough through maybe days months years of what's been built up pain cynicism around your heart that is that has kept you ex- from experiencing god's presence and his love not that he doesn't love you but when you build up that hardness of heart, it keeps God's love from moving in and God just wants to tear that down. Right now, that those walls are just falling. Again, I this picture of just God enveloping you today, wrapping his arms around you and saying, let me love you like I wanna love you and let me just envelop you. Father, just envelop us this morning where all of us have built up Hardness of heart, God, just we tear it down. We give ourselves to experience what you want today, Father. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Man, you can stay in this attitude of prayer right where you're at. You can stay up front. You need to go anywhere. I'm going to just ask our worship team just to kind of lead us into a time of just praise. I want to end maybe this time with just praise together in worship of what God has done, what God is doing. Sometimes healing and breakthrough is instantaneous. Let me tell you, sometimes it's progressive. Sometimes it'll continue as you continue to pursue God. It can happen throughout the day. It can happen tomorrow. Let's just have this time to worship together and continue this attitude of prayer. Father, we just pray what you have begun in us, what you've started in us, God, you will continue to work. God, we thank you for, man, breakthrough for miracles, people being set free, Father, for overflowing in our hearts today. Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you for that. We're gonna have a little bit different dismissal today if you want to stay where you're at and continue to pray you're welcome to some of our prayer team and staff will continue to be here Um, and if you just need to encounter god some more please do so i do want to say this some of you may not remember this but for years we had the first thursday night of every month was midweek it was a time of prayer and worship where we would pray for people operate in the gifts of the spirit We did it for years, COVID hit. We would always meet down at Brookside Church and we lost the ability to meet there. They closed the doors. We tried to find other locations. We're never able to do that during the last few years. And so I say that for two reasons. Number one, it's the first thing that we get to bring back when we move into our new facility, which I'm really excited about. And the second thing is this, is honestly, as your pastor, I don't feel like that I've stewarded and shepherded well, in these opportunities over the last couple years like I should, and I've felt convicted deeply for that. And not like you need an apology, but I, I did feel just like the need to be like, man, this is such an important part of who we are and what we need. And today was just a reminder of that. Man, we can't, man, we can't make it without the presence of God, without moments like this. So you're welcome to stay where you're at and continue to worship. Thanks for being with us today. Um, Don't forget, there's some For Our City stuff out there at the tree. If you want to be a part of any of that, let's sing with our mission statement. Go live it out. Wherever you are, be the gospel.